Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. Crossroads, if you're visiting, if you're back, um, thank you for being here to worship with us this morning. Sure glad that you're here. We've been in a study um, last few weeks, just kicked it off, called Not Just Human, and we're uh, diving into this uh, this issue, right, of the, the incredible blessing of the new creation, what the gospel does for us, the ultimate good news of all. Um, we've been in 2 Corinthians chapter four, uh, 3, 4, um, 5, and 6. This morning, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in chapter 5, starting in verse 11. Um, and if you don't have a Bible, there's one actually underneath the seat in front of you. How many of you have been to see the, uh, the new movie out, Jesus Revolution? How many of you have seen it? Wow, okay, lots of folks. Wonderful. Um, I would just highly recommend seeing this movie. Um, I think it, 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 uh, they did a far better job than I, what I was even expecting. Um, for some of you, that it brings back some, some memories, some history, but... Um, there's some amazing things in there, and I think it's a phenomenal movie to bring teenagers to, uh, just to see the kind of the love story and the journey of Greg Laurie and when he was in high school through it. There's some just great things, right, to, uh, to talk about in there. And it just had me thinking about, wow, look at, look what happened. You know, that was during the sexual revolution, Vietnam, and, um, and the drug culture, all that was going on in, uh, up in San Francisco, and it just spread through our whole country. And um, obviously, some things were, were bad, right, that came into our culture and uh, into the church. But there were some amazing things that happened, and I looked at that. And you think about it, what was happening, that movement of young people that were rebelling, right? Um, there was underneath all that a genuine deep seeking after something, right? The drugs was not just to escape or die. Now think about this. It was seeking something. And there was a communal involvement. It was, you know, a large mass gathering together on a regular basis and... Um, and, and it was in the midst of that seeking that the door was opened to the church. And this is the beautiful story of how uh, they, they opened the doors to the hippies and, and some of the, you know, way too uptight religious people had to leave and get out of the way. Um, and that's just the course of history, by the way, right? All the way back to Jesus. Um, sometimes the way we are keeps others away, right? We have to wake up to that reality. But it starts to make me think, what about today? Where's the seeking today? I mean, where's, where's the movement today? And, and I started thinking about it. What's left to rebel against? I mean, think about it. I mean, sexual revolution. What else are you going to look where we're at? What, what are you going to rebel? What are you going to do? What's next? The drug culture, everything else. Um, against authority. I mean, what's left to rebel against? What, what movement's going to happen out there? And, um, and, and I think what's happened in culture, right, is, man, we've moved so isolated, so individual now. Um, social media has not connected people. It's actually made isolation worse. And so I just, I'm going to just throw some crazy things out just for the fun of it. Um, 
what would happen if Gen Z, what would happen if the, if the early, if this young generation today just said, came together in our high schools and others, what if they just came together and says, we're done with social media? Heck with you, corporate America. Heck with, heck with you and all your ideology and higher education, you're pounding us. We're done. We're checking out. We're going to do a social media revolution. We're going to come back to just gathering together. What would happen? That would be a revolution because immediately it would radically change our culture. It changed business. It would change the ideology, the control that has over young people, right? Um, Some just wild things to think about. But what is it? Where's the seeking today? We're so individualistic, right? And and so many factors are just... um, And so I think what's happened is right now with the early generation, is that they want to cause, they want to make things better in the world, right? They uh, just want to see change. Social justice, right, is the, is the passion. It, that's kind of the revolution in this sense, right? But what's happened with that is, is man, how, I think the disillusionment of, of how we, where's the change? How are we going to change things? And obviously you have all the ideology politically. Yes, there is a attacking of deconstructing our constitution and, you know, the age old, you know, Marxism and all that, CRT, everything you hear about. Yeah, all that's there. But really what's, what's at the core of all this? And what I propose this morning is we get into this big question of what does it mean to be a new creation? Folks, I think this is it. I mean, this is nothing new under the sun, but I think where we're at today is we need an identity revolution. And let me just say this, uh, and maybe, you, I don't know if you'll misunderstand or not, but you know, we all struggle with identity confusion. Do you know that? Everybody does. And through the sexual revolution, now into what's going on in our culture, right? It's just anything goes. It's like you have to find yourself and you can redefine yourself and everything else. It's just back to what the Bible shows us. We come into this world with an orphan spirit. Does that make sense? Every one of us has been, was an orphan. We're coming just disconnected from our father with all the big questions of our heart. Who loves us? Where are we going to find significance? There's nothing new under the sun as far as what we need. We need love. We need acceptance. We need a purpose. Why am I here? And, and that orphan spirit, when it takes over, think about an orphan spirit. It doesn't know who their father is. It doesn't have a home. It's not secure in his home and, and it's striving in the world, in life, right? To find something, to make something for themselves. We're all, this is tied to the sin nature itself. When we were cast from the garden, this is the story of the Bible. And um, we're lost. That's why the Bible calls us lost because we're orphans running around trying to find home, trying to find purpose, trying to find love, Right And all these things, and all along, just our heart is a void. We need something, right? This is all everybody. And I think where we're at today as, as a culture, and I, I think maybe the need of the hour for the church is a restoration, a recovery of the glory of the gospel. Uh, move away from all the political... Look, uh, uh, there's a place for apologetics. There's a place for... Engagement, yes, but for the church, we need to get back ourselves to the power of what God has done and uphold this better thing, right, and call people to it. 
right? That Jesus has been sent by the Father to reconcile the world, to reconcile orphans who were lost, who are all confused in their identity, that's all of us, back home to God. And to have the Spirit of God come in and renew. In other words, that renewal, that revival, it begins in the human heart. And that's what God's about. That's what the gospel's all about. There's no better news in all the world. And for the gospel to come and to restore and and to just fan into flame, right? This renewal of what it means to be a new creation in Christ Jesus. Verse 17 of of the section we look at this morning. Wow. Therefore, anyone who is in Christ, is a new creation. Do you believe that for yourself? Do you hold on to that? Do you realize if you know Christ, you're a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. And everything in life about myself and my struggles, it is tied to do I believe that or not. And am I pressing into the power of the Spirit of God inside my soul to transform me? Now, what we're going to see, this goes much further. Do you realize that God, through Jesus, is reconciling the world to himself? Orphans back into the family of God. Jesus' purpose to reconcile the orphan spirit back in to be a child of God. Every one of us come into this world orphaned from God. We need to become a new creation. We need the righteousness of God. We need the cross and the resurrection, right, to bring us back into the family of God. And then guess what? He's given you. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. How is God reconciling the world back to himself? He's doing it through his children who go out into the world and have a heart that's broken for the lost and the orphaned, the ones who are trying to make up their own identity and striving, right, to make the world a better place in all their efforts and to call them, right, that there's something better and that the gospel is there to renew them. And bring this new creation right alive is that God is reconciling the world to himself through you, through his children, those who have been saved, those who are in Christ, those who've experienced the grace and love of Jesus is to go and reconcile, right? Those who are lost, the orphan spirit and to be broken for them. And and this is what you see in that movie is you see this movement, right? of a brokenness rather than like, oh, those hippies, those crazy people, you know, um, they're all messed up, is you see a, a brokenness, right, in a whole new way of looking like Jesus did in the sense of, no, God has something for them. And my heart should be broken for them. And I, for one, know that it's much easier just to get into a battle and to get sidetracked into politics or you go down the list of things, Right? Rather than to keep the main thing, the main thing is God is looking to us to reconcile the world himself and to keep that the main thing and to look not at the outward appearance as we're going to see, but to focus on the soul. And he says this powerful thing in verse 16 that Paul says, we no longer regard people according to the flesh. That's what the church needs today is a renewal to the priority of the soul and the heart of people and not the outward appearance. When we recover that, folks, the love of God has a chance to move and the grace of God to move and to change us, to mobilize us people in this force of good news. 
And then, boy, if there's never a need of, of this hour, it is for the church to wake up to this incredible treasure we have, right? To get it out there and to have a heart broken. Um, I, uh, it was Psalm 126. There's four or five key passages in the Old Testament that are key revival passages. And Psalm 126 is one of this. And it says, those who go and sow in tears will reap in joy. And you know, it just struck me. It's like, man, come on, we need some reaping. And, and Joe, where's the reaping today, Lord, right? Where's the, the radical transformations of, of seeing people like you watch the movie, right? Those, and I grew up in some of that, seeing people radically change, come to Jesus, and this is who they were. The next day, this is who they are becoming, right? Where is that, Lord? But you know, he took me back to the first part of that. The first part of that is, where's the weeping, the sowing in tears? Where's the heart change that is broken over the state of our culture and people's lives, of how they're trying to find fulfillment for identity? And that hard work of sowing the seed of God's goodness in people's souls and trusting that God is going to bring right, the reaping right, in, in joy right, that is going to come at some point. So with that said, let's dive in. And uh, here's, I have one statement for us, one point, one statement this morning to just hone in. The majority of our problems and especially relational problems are a result of regarding ourself and others according to the flesh and not embracing the reality of being a new creation in Christ Jesus. I want that to sink in. The majority, I might even be able to say all, of our problems and especially relationship problems are a result of regarding ourselves and others according to the flesh, outward appearance, outward issues, and not embracing the reality of being a new creation in Christ Jesus. So let's read the word of God. Um, Father, thank you for your word and Lord, the truth. May you restore in this day a fire, Lord, for your goodness, a fire for your gospel. Lord, may you move, Holy Spirit, this morning among your people, a renewal of who they are, what you've done for them, that you've given everything we need, no matter what we're dealing with this morning, you have given all we need for life and godliness, for deliverance, for freedom. Lord, we start with who we are, what you've done for us. Holy Spirit, come, restore us, renew us, overwhelm us, and Lord, May you restore to your church today, to us here, the ministry of reconciliation. Lord, that you've given that to us, to be ambassadors for you, Jesus. To be controlled and compelled by your love, Jesus. To take this good news to those who are orphaned, those who are walking away from you, who are away from you and lost. And they are just confused. Lord, you have the answers. May you come, Lord. Lord, convict us, overwhelm us, renew us, encourage us with your word, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 11, chapter 5, 2 Corinthians. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. Remember Proverbs 1, 7, right? The beginning of all wisdom and knowledge is the fear of God. 
revering him, right? Now, Paul is getting ready during these first, remember, he's talking to the church in Corinth. There's a relational separation. He's trying to reconcile. He planted the church. He's trying to reconcile his pastoral heart with a people who've kind of pushed him away and who are holding on to more flashy, you know, kind of super apostles and everything. And um, there's internal strife, nothing new under the sun, right? And he's riding with them very passionately about restoring, reconciling this relationship and, and, and helping restore, right, the, the foundation of the gospel itself. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us, that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. So this is the first big point. Right? In other words, the ones, the super apostles, those who were, who were kind of leading the church astray a little bit in, were those who were boasting in the uh, outward appearances. Uh, being a new creation, when the gospel takes hold, as we're going to see, there's something that shifts and, and we get more focused on what's going on the inside. We get more focused and, and rejoicing in what God is transforming and doing on the inside of our soul rather than how we appear on the outside. Because see, if I have identity confusion, if I'm really confused about who I am, if I'm caught in being an orphan, not knowing who my father is, who my family is, where my home is, if I'm lost and running, guess what? My tendency in this world is, and there's a thousand things right to do it, is I'm going to focus on the outside. I'm going to focus on how I look. I'm going to focus on my degrees. I'm going to focus how much money I have in the bank. Go on and on. The outward appearance. And this goes same thing for religion. As a, a church, we focus on the outward things rather than on the internal things. And folks, this is back to this, this uh, issue right here. The problem, majority of problems we deal with, relational problems and all of our problems is because we focus on the flesh. We focus on the outside rather than the inside. And a relational context in a family of God or any family is when that shifts, radical change happens. Every single problem we deal with would be and could be resolved if we make a shift and we look inside. And that's how we look at each other. When I'm looking at you, if, if my mains and my friendship with you and yours with me is, is, man, how are we doing on the inside? Is the gospel forming in my treating you according to the gospel um, or according to what's happened on the outside? And this is what Paul's reminding the church. Don't be led astray by, by those who, who preach and put on an outward appearance. Be discerning. It's about what's happening on the inside. Now, now here's a little uh, a corollary to that. And this is where ah, we have messed this up as a church, right? And as believers in dealing with orphans and dealing with a world that has rebelled and is revolting against the things of God is we're dealing with the outside. That's politics, by the way. Politics has nothing to do, cannot change a person's heart, period, plain, simple. I'm going to say something else. Technology, it can do nothing to change a person's heart. Nothing. There's only one thing that transforms the human heart. And we have the answer. That's why we're to be ambassadors for Christ. Reconciling the world, right, back to God. Through the grace and the glory of God. And the problem is that we get engaged, and we all do this, right, with the outward thing, and we get sidetracked with dealing with the outward. And look, we have to deal with that stuff. 
But the priority has to be what's going on in the person's heart. And someone who's an orphan, someone who has confused about who God is, about what their own life is and everything is, is that of course we don't come to them and expect them to believe this. The Spirit of God hasn't opened their eyes yet. They're lost. And they might not even know that they're seeking. They just have confused. And so they're grasping at whatever the world tells them or social media tells them or what the new greatest cause is or whatever, whatever. They throw it all out there. Uh, The way to come is right when Paul says to the church, remember it's what's going on the inside is that would radically transform. That's how the love of God moves in communication and everything else. It is when we, right, look past the outside, look past the causes, look past the political commitments and everything else to the heart. What is going on inside there? Lord, would you reconcile this person to the heart of you? That's going to solve everything. I can sit and argue and and boy, Lord knows I've tried this. uh, And there's a time to persuade, as Paul says, for sure. But Lord knows, right, that that doesn't get you very far. The only thing that's going to get us far, right, is when we get down and ask them questions. When we love their soul and we go right to the heart of the matter of exposing that orphan spirit that is insecure, fearful about what's going on in the world. Fearful about what the future looks like. Doesn't know where they belong. Doesn't know, right? Have hope, real hope. He's just caught up in, in a bunch of little causes that, uh, that, and by the way, all the ideology, everything that's being pumped to our kids today, nobody has a picture of the vision, where this is going. Do you know that? Just ask them. Where, where do you think this is going? Is this going to take you in our society and families and people's souls to a healthy place? Show me a picture. Show me a vision. Show me anywhere in the history of the world where the things we're doing now have moved anywhere to something better for people. And I'd say the same thing about the sexual revolution. Did that do, did that do anything good? Now, some people might say, come up with something. What about just the drug culture and everything? Really? We're going to go back and now we're going to make psychedelics illegal? I mean, we think that's going to help? None of that has done something to liberate and bring health to the human soul. Nothing but the new creation. Nothing but the gospel. Right? And so I'm going to just, I'm not going to move very far until I get broken for what's going on the inside and expose that orphan spirit. And inside, those who are in Christ, we have to, and we're going to get to it in a minute, realize when it says those in Christ are our new creation, the old is gone, the new has come, the old is gone, is that orphan spirit. And recognizing when that fires up again in me, right? Independence, questioning of of my own self-worth, all that, that's orphan stuff. Get rid of that. This is what Jesus says about me. Questioning of fear about the future, that's orphan stuff. No, Lord has, he's preparing a home for me. And we have to do this. Right? This is liberation. This is becoming a new creation, right? In, in Christ Jesus. And look at verse 14. Um, oh, wait, verse 13. For if we are beside ourselves, this is so great. Um, because the super apostles were telling the church, hey, Paul, he is a psycho. He's a Jesus freak. Look at the stuff he does, man. He just throws himself out there and lets his life be abused and stoned and everything else. That's crazy. You know, he's a Jesus freak. 
And, and Paul and his, his, his band is telling the church, look, sure, they might say, if, I, if, we're, if we're crazy, Jesus speaks for God, um, so be it. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. Notice Paul was willing to lay his life down, right? To see the orphan spirit gone from the church, the new creation of the gospel take hold, right, in the church. Verse 14, listen to this. For the love of Christ controls us. That word means compels us. Man, if there's anything that needs to be renewed in the church today, in my life, Lord, please, make sure it's your love, Jesus, that compels me and controls me. Not some other agenda, but your love. Not holding back on the truth of God, but truth and love. And so I ask you this morning, if you're in Christ, if you're a new creation, is the love of Christ controlling you? How you're treating your spouse? How you're speaking to your children? How you're speaking to your coworkers? How you're viewing what's going on in our culture? Is the love of Christ controlling you? Realizing that people are lost. This world is lost. It needs someone who is radically controlled by the love of God for renewal. Because we have concluded this, that one has died, Christ has died for all, therefore all have died, and he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves. But for him, who for their sake died and was raised. Because of the gospel, what Jesus has done, Paul's saying, his love compels me now. His love controls me in the sense of how I'm going to engage people. No matter how rebellious they are, no matter how hardcore that orphan spirit is, no matter how hard they're working against God and his church, is my love controlling me? Right to get below this, not looking at the outside, their political agenda, their beliefs, what they've done, what they're holding to, but to go to the core, right, to see them for who they truly are and to call them to God, to be reconciled to their Father. Now here's a powerful verse, verse 16. So Paul says, from now on, therefore, because of the gospel, because of Jesus' death, burial and resurrection, we regard no one according to the flesh. Folks, there's so much there. This is where we get the mission of the church out of whack. When we put a higher uh, commitment to what's happening on the outside, how somebody looks, on and on and on, versus the inside. And let's just go in here to the church, right? Is what happens in relational conflict is when I am so, so uh, bound up by what you've said or what I've done or how I've reacted, what's happened on the outside then versus the inside. And this is the new creation. This is what happens, right? When the gospel takes over, when transformation and a, a church becomes a loving family is when we start to look at each other without regard for the outside, Right and um, uh, and and focus on the inside, and are concerned about asking questions about how you do on the inside. How's getting rid of that orphan spirit? How's about putting on the gospel? Yes. 
and loving each other like that. That's where the conversation should be. And folks, this is transformative. This is the gospel. In any relationship, any problem we have, this is the answer. And if it's applied, the Spirit of God can come and work and get to work inside us, right? And so our problem as a church is we're not only we're not modeling it with each other, but when we get out there, right, to people who are struck, bound up in that orphan spirit, as I said, is that we're concerned so much on the outside. The love goes right as Jesus did, right, asking the questions right to the heart of the matter. Because if the heart's not changed, nothing's changed. And again, only the gospel, only the new creation that comes will right, ultimately change that. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer because he's, ri- he's risen. He's at the right hand of the Father right now. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Man, just let that, just meditate on that. Is that increasing in your soul? Is the truth of that bearing out transformation in your soul today? That's what the world needs. That's what our culture needs. That's what young people need today. They need someone to talk to them on that level and to expose this orphan spirit, to expose this this weak, this frail, this this fearful, just go on the list of things, this anxious, this uh, go on and on, a, a spirit that's taken over. There's an answer. There's goodness. Um, and I, I'm just asking people when, when I get a chance to engage them, I'm, I just say, tell me, uh, you know, are you open to something better? Are you open to a discussion about something better? And begin with asking them as we talked about in this, but tell me, let's start here. Uh, how, uh, what did you actually have to do with the creation of yourself? Nothing. And then let's go from there and say, here's some better news. If I had nothing to do with my creation, maybe I should be at least open that maybe there's a creator. And maybe he has the very best plan for me. And to lead them into the gospel of how much God loves them and what he's done for them, to set them free to be a new creation. At home with the Father. An eternal home. And the church, this is why the church is to be the family of God, right? That loves and cares for each other. The old has passed away. Behold, the news come. I'm going to come back to that verse. Let me just move on here. All this is from God, who through Jesus Christ, listen to this, reconciled us to himself. In other words, reconciled orphans back into the family of God. This is why Romans and the rest of Scripture talks about adoption, this great theological idea. God has adopted us back into his family by the blood of Christ. This is the gospel. This is the incredible good news. And it is for the whole world. It is, for the, so it is uh, by grace of God and his love. And he goes on, this wonderful ministry of reconciliation, he says, he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. 
God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. How's that ministry going? And this should be a new language. It's not just vocational ministers. Guess what? God's given you a ministry. You're an ambassador of Christ. If you're in Christ, if you know his love, he wants to reconcile the orphans back into his family through you. Through your love and your care for, not regarding the outside, but the core of the inside. What is God doing, right? For our sake, he made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him, in Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. Wow. Righteousness. Now, what we can say is everything, you know, going back to the sexual revolution and all of that is, man, this, the rebellion and the tearing down that we see today of everything that God has set up as good and, and honorable and glorious, right, is it's not righteous. And what happens when things start moving is there's a hunger. And why does God say, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Because, as 1 John 3 says, is that we will be like him. And to be with God, we have to what? Be righteous. We have to be holy. Now, how's that going to happen? Jesus paid the price. That my orphan spirit and all of my rebellion, all of my running from him, all of my sin, all my shame, all my guilt was thrust on him. And his blood covered that. There's no better news. There's no no more transforming news. It's time for the church. It's when the church is overwhelmed again by the glory of that, right? And steps out, right? Taking responsibility for sharing that ministry, sharing that love. Man, that's when the sowing in tears starts bringing a reaping with shouts of joy as we hear and see God's spirit fall on people and that orphan spirit fall away, right? And the spirit of God fill them and and they see themselves as a child of God. Oh, that's what we need, right? That's what we need. And that is the celebration. In the movie, you'll see they went to the ocean. We have a river, you know, and to go and celebrate that changed life. Uh, We go under the water as an orphan, as sinners, right? We come out of that water cleansed by the blood of Jesus, a child of God, full of the spirit of God. New creation, the old has passed away, the new has come. There is no better news, right, in all the world. And the baptism is the greatest celebration that the church has to visibly and communally as a family share in that. Folks, where is that today? It's time for some sowing and tears that we would see those in Aspen, Colorado, in our community. And many of you are outside, uh, you know, coming from other communities that we would see that spark again for the glory of God, right? Sowing and tears. So let me just wrap this up, folks. I just want to take us to my little wimpy sketch here. We're getting some people artful to, uh, to make it a little prettier as we're forming this. But um, I just want to just, cl- in closing, um, just drill in, what does it mean to be a new creation? Verse 17, what does it mean to regard one another, no, not according to the flesh, not according to the outside any longer, but according to what God is doing on the inside? 
Um, what, what changes when the Spirit of God comes in, when somebody's saved and they, they come and they forfeit their orphan spirit and all their rebellion and they, and they as we sing about and they surrender to Jesus. It's a real surrender. I hope that song that we sang made you think and you just didn't sing along. I surrender all? Really? Have you? I struggle. I sure do. I'm like, Lord, please help. May this song be true in my life, right? And in the church's life. Right? But man, what happens in the first thing when an orphan comes and they're baptized and boom, they come out of that water, the Spirit of God, right? When they invite us, not the water passes, it does it. That's just the picture of, of them receiving Jesus, the free gift. Just receive it. Just receive it. Just Jesus, come. The Spirit of God comes into our heart and it hammers that orphan spirit right out. Boom. Immediately at the core identity inside my heart, I'm a child of God because my spirit's coming alive and it's now in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. That's who I am. That is the very engine, the, the core essence of what it is to be a new creation is what is new, the spirit of God, the living God is now inside your soul, has awakened your heart to God and he'll never leave. Wow. Wow. And then that, what happens is that starts generating as we grow, as we become part of the family of God. And man, that, it, 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 I love it. Luke 24, right? And our heart's burning, right? Is that it moves out. And what happens is, is my mind starts to be trained. New creation. I have new thinking. First Corinthians tells us, right, that we have the mind of Christ. And so my very thinking in Philippians says, whatever is good and righteous and holy and pure and noble and true, think on these things. You have a new mind. You need to start thinking. You need to be set free from all those anxious thoughts, all those worries, all your self-thoughts. You start thinking God thoughts, right? How you speak even changes, right? How you act. You have a new mind. Things now, the Spirit of God from your heart is informing your mind, your intellect, and you, you're thinking a whole new way. You're a new creation with a new mind. And that mind has to be surrendered. The old self-thought, the old orphan thoughts, all those thoughts about, oh, I'm not worthy. Oh, I'm, not, I'm nobody. Oh, I'm... That's orphan thinking, folks. And the gospel of the Spirit of God has come to wipe that out. To be a new creation. What about emotions? What happens when the old is passed away? What old emotions are passed away? All that self-absorbed today, folks. I've harped on it enough, but I don't think I need to say it anymore. Is we are a therapeutic, right? Emotive feelings drive things now more than truth. What happens when the Spirit of God comes in is those emotions, those self-focused, right? Consumed emotions, unhealthy, anxious emotions, depressive emotions, they're replaced with the spirit, fruits of the Spirit. With the emotions of God, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, general self-control. Because the Spirit of God is in you, and the Spirit of God is putting His emotions, His joy upon you. That's what it is to become a new creation. That transformative peace. This is the good news. And what about will? My decisions I'm making. Right? All the questions before me, rather than just this self-life of, of trying to will my way through life, guess what? I got the Spirit of God. I'm a new creation. Now God is leading me in His will. Now I don't have the weight of having to make all these big questions, answer all these big things in life. Now I'm able to trust in the Lord, right? To, to, to give me 
clarity and purpose and calling and clarity on, man, the decisions I have in life. I'm walking with God. And if folks, it's just that spirit goes on out into my body. To be a new creation is, I'm this overwhelming idea of, man, this is the temple of the Holy Spirit. No matter what I've done as an orphan, no matter how I've abused this body, no matter how much I've gotten caught in the sexual revolution in this body, no matter what has happened, this body is cleansed. When it comes out of that water, it is washed, it's clean, it is righteous before God. It's a new creation. And now I'm to honor God with my body. This is the temple of the Spirit of God. And it's the Spirit of God on the inside that changes that, that does that. It's not imposed law and purpose on the outside. I'm a new creation. Does that make sense? Yes. I mean, I could go on and on. It's pretty awesome, isn't it? We're a new creation, folks. The old is gone. The new has come. And the old is that orphan thinking, that orphan doing, that... Uh, uh, and again, back to this statement, folks. Every problem. I'm going to vamp it up. Especially relational. It's when we don't apply the gospel to each other. If I don't apply the gospel first to my heart and what I justify, I'm a new creation. How did Jesus treat me? How did he forgive me? How did he lay his life down for me? Should inform how I treat you. And no matter how bad the offense is, no matter what is going on between us, Right? I'm a new creation. It demands it. The love of Christ compels me to treat you like God treated me. Now that's when things start changing. That's when a church starts becoming a family. That's when people start paying notice and start getting hungry for the truth of God again. Dirty, come on. Does that make sense, folks? And so... I just call us as a church that we would start pleading before God in this day and age especially that the gospel and the power of the message of of being new in the gospel laying the old orphan down rising up the child of God that is what everyone needs whether they know it or not and to start sowing in tears that's where God convicted me. I wrote it over and over again in my journal is, man, who am I shedding tears over? Who are those in bondage? Who are those orphan spirits that don't know who, who they are? Who, who am I weeping before God? Lord, move. Because only His Spirit can change, folks. No amount of effort on our part can do it. Only the Spirit of God yes. can change the human soul. And it's the issue of how desperate how much we really have experienced the radical new creation reality right in our own soul right um so father thank you lord for your word and lord we um we need you god more than we realize. Overwhelm us, Holy Spirit, with the new creation reality, what you've done for us. Move us to tears, Lord.
for the bondage, the orphan spirit, Lord, that has such a grip on our culture today. Compel us, Christ, with your love. Control us with your love. Not with ideology, with your love, God. Holy Spirit, come. Convict us. Change us, Lord. Renew us. In Jesus' name. Just take some time. The presence of the Lord this morning. Enjoy Him in His goodness. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.